Hello and welcome to Strat News Global. I am Subrat Nanda and joining me is Mo Thuzar. She is a fellow at ICS Yusuf Ishaq Institute where she coordinates the Myanmar Studies Program. And today we are going to discuss the Chinese Foreign Minister's Myanmar visit. First of all, Mo, welcome to the show. Thank you. Wang Yi's Myanmar visit comes two months after Indian Foreign Secretary and Army Chief's trip. He underlined his presence saying he is the first foreign minister to visit after the Myanmar elections which shows the importance China attaches to its neighbor is Myanmar gravitating to one side or is it all for a balancing act between its two big neighbors Thank you for having me on the show Mr Subrat um and uh, I'd uh, I'd like to probably start by putting a context to all of this um Mr Wang Yi uh when he says that he's the first foreign minister to visit after the Myanmar elections uh it's not the first time he was also the first foreign minister to visit after the National League for Democracy the NLD won a landslide victory in the 2015 elections so this is just to really i think kind of emphasize uh the importance which you have mentioned that China attaches to Myanmar and it is also a practice uh that uh, China has with its bilateral relations with uh, Myanmar there are usually uh, senior level uh, delegations or dignitaries who come to visit after there has been uh, this kind of a new administration that comes into office particularly um in this part of the 21st century so i think uh, this this uh, upcoming visit is of course uh, for following in this tradition um and and you mentioned the visit by the high level visit of indian dignitaries uh, which happened just before the general elections in november 2020 and mm-hmm. so we see that now mr wang yi's visit has uh, is happening after the national league for democracy's second landslide so i would look at it that these are indications of the importance that both these neighbors attach uh, quite highly to their bilateral relations uh, with Myanmar so from my view i believe Myanmar is still keen to balance its ties with these two big neighbors and particularly what we've seen during the national league for democracy's first term in office is also uh, what i call a pivot foreign policy the foreign policy has certainly gravitated more towards myanmar's asian neighbors how do you see the china myanmar economic corridor myanmar has been wary of putting all its eggs in china's basket is china recalibrating its approach given that the focus now seems to be to ramp up domestic consumption Well I think this is probably one of the areas of focus that will uh, will see being given attention to in in the upcoming visit. Uh, of course uh, everything went on a hiatus during the COVID-19 pandemic and the emerging situation of whatever we call it whether it's the new normal or the next normal uh, particularly the situations arising from the socio-economic impact of uh, COVID-19 will inform or underpin how all the uh, big infrastructure projects that uh, China and Myanmar negotiated just last year uh, when uh, Mr Xi Jinping uh, visited Myanmar and uh, yeah. signed a lot of agreements uh, under the framework of the 
the Belt and Road Initiative. So, so now we are seeing, I think, uh, kind of new needs or new priorities emerging when the post-COVID-19 future is emerging on the horizon. And I think the China-Myanmar Economic Corridor or the CMEC implementation will be very much shaped by all of this. And uh, I think here we would also need to consider Myanmar's own uh, domestic situation in terms of its internal uh, domestic politics, um, particularly in those uh, areas in Myanmar where there will be these infrastructure projects uh, cited. Some of these areas are near to or located in uh, conflict areas. So we also need to consider how Myanmar prioritizes all of this with regard to uh, also dealing or, or paying attention to its uh, domestic internal politics. So for me, uh, in my view, if China is recalibrating its approach, then perhaps uh, what we could uh, try to look at or think about on the part of uh, Myanmar negotiating this with China for the China-Myanmar Economic Corridor uh, would be something like a compromise strategy that balances the interests of both sides. Of course, you know, China would uh, probably be quite keen to revisit uh, the list of the planned uh, Belt and Road projects in Myanmar. But I think it's also important now, given the the kind of internal domestic politics that Myanmar has, that uh, they'll probably need to discuss which projects should be accorded priority in that current scenario. And one uh, feature that is emerging quite strongly in the context of Myanmar is uh, the increasing attention paid to having more transparent and inclusive consultation, uh, to have more socially responsible investment. And I think these are the kind of characteristics that uh, Myanmar would be bringing up for the China-Myanmar Economic Corridor. Although, of course, the exigencies with regard to do trade and access and connectivity are also uh, factors to consider with the, the kind of the, the new configuration that the whole world probably has to look at now in terms of um, how the economic situation has been disrupted by the pandemic. Three years on, repatriation of Rohingya refugees hasn't happened, despite China mediating talks between Myanmar and Bangladesh. Any resolution in sight? For this, I think it's somewhere of a situation that what I would describe as a work in progress. And why do I say this? Is It's because of the security situation in Rakhine State, which borders Bangladesh. And, and of course, uh, the, the priority is to ensure that uh, the return of the Rohingya communities to Myanmar uh, should be safe and dignified and voluntary. So the conditions have to be conducive in Rakhine State uh, for this to happen. Um, but for this kind of safe and uh, voluntary uh, return, if there are perceptions on the ground uh, on both sides that the situation in Rakhine State is uh, not safe and conducive for the Rohingya communities to return, I think that's going to be one of the uh, consideration points that will come up whenever the mediation uh, between Myanmar and Bangladesh uh, for the repatriation uh, takes up. Of course, I think uh, China has this uh, this kind of a track record in uh, uh, presenting itself as a mediator for Myanmar, uh, not only along um, along the, the western border, but I would say also uh, because of its experience in presenting third-party mediation offices uh, or, or, or providing neutral ground for negotiations for Myanmar's peace process. 
in the eastern part of Myanmar. Here, I think what we need to look at is what will China bring for these mediating talks? And uh, they will also have been uh, observing and uh, looking at uh, the efforts that Japan has uh, tried to uh, initiate earlier on uh, with regard to the overall uh, security situation in Rakhine, uh, especially following the elections. And uh, I, I think also looking at how uh, the Tadmador, Myanmar's military, is uh, trying to engage um, armed groups such as the Arakan Army, the, the ethnic Rakhine uh, nationalist uh, armed group, again, uh, with regard to ensuring settlement of the security situation uh, in, in Rakhine State. In Myanmar, Wang Yi spoke about delivering COVID vaccines. He's due to visit Indonesia, Brunei and the Philippines as well. Despite China pushing its vaccine diplomacy, there's unease among some ASEAN countries that have otherwise been at the receiving end of Chinese expansionism. Amidst a pushback and competitive moves to wield influence in the region, how is China poised? I think for this uh, scenario, I'd like to probably look at it from more of an ASEAN viewpoint. Uh, because when the COVID-19 pandemic broke and spiked, I, I think all the ASEAN member states received some sort of assistance from China uh, with regard to whether it's medical supplies or equipment. And, and in the case of countries like uh, Philippines, Cambodia and Myanmar, I think they also uh, received uh, even more attention from China. I know that Chinese medical team uh, visited Myanmar uh, and, and provided those kinds of uh, assistance as well. But um, again, for the whole ASEAN collective uh, effort, I think several ASEAN countries uh, have uh, also received or are also receiving vaccine assistance from China. And uh, there are also uh, some countries in ASEAN who are working on their own vaccine development. So in this context, of course, you know, what China is doing is uh, something that uh, it has done uh, with and for the ASEAN countries in different contexts in the past, even if we look back to the situation of SARS or avian flu uh, in the early part of the 21st century. And uh, because of this, I guess, you know, history or practice of working together on the ASEAN platform or, or using the ASEAN platform for, for that framework of collaboration, the, the ASEAN countries, in my view, uh, will treat uh, China's current assistance and collaboration with them uh, with regard to COVID-19, especially the, the vaccine access, whether it is at the individual level or regionally, collectively at the ASEAN level, uh, they will treat this as a continuing part of those ASEAN-China dialogue relations. And so I think uh, ASEAN's position of not choosing sides uh, will also continue. Uh, ASEAN has, I think, been quite consistent with uh, with that stance. On that note, Mo, thanks very much for your time. It was My a pleasure. pleasure. Thank you for asking me those very interesting questions. Thank you. Thank you.